Somewhere in the West, there's a place where sound, soul, and groove meet. Where the music of new artists meets listeners like you. Just like the ocean meeting the shore. We call that place the Groove Coast. And now, here are your hosts, John Celentano and Daryl Craig Harris. You know, that intro never gets old. <laughs> <laughs> It'll, the intro will always be classier than we are. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> That's the beauty of that. That's our, our lovely friend Nigel, our, uh, I guess you would call him head producer. Sure. Um, for uh, Jazz Talk News. Give him the credit. Why not? So, John, why don't you do the intro for our special guest? Absolutely. Um, this is, this is going to be fun. Uh, we have with us today on the show, uh, it's safe to say, yeah, world, world-renowned keyboardist, composer, Wow. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. You know, Checks in the mail, John. Gyra, Mr. Tom Schumann. Yeah, it's great to be here with you guys. Thanks yeah. for we're having too much fun already. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we were actually, yeah, we were chatting. Like, it's funny because I, I just found out that you actually live here in Las Vegas. Yes, yes. Um, I just interviewed um, your cohort, Jay, mm-hmm. and the sax player, of course, or Spyro. And, uh, and I was very excited to know that you were here. And I was like, we were talking about that. I'm like, man, what an mm-hmm. awesome thing if we could actually get Tom. So Yeah, I've been here uh, over 15 years now. So what made you move to Vegas? Oh, uh, snow. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, Buffalo, right? <laughs> I was born and raised in Buffalo. Uh, my wife and I lived in uh, Maryland for a while. Uh, I lived in Pittsburgh for a while. I tried all kinds of places, and it just, yeah, wow. I just got tired of, of getting slammed with well, snow. Well, plus, you guys are probably on the road a lot. Yeah, and that's what, what really broke the camel's back was, was when uh, we were, I was supposed to go to Miami to uh, play a gig with Spyro, and... Uh, the manager called Phil Brennan, our manager called and said, "You guys got to get get started today. Try and get there because there's a big snowstorm coming." Right. You know? And I'm like, "Okay, let's go." So me and Scott Ambush, the bass player, right. got in a car and started driving, and we could hardly make it to Richmond. Uh, I mean, all the, the you know the airports were closed in the area around sure. uh, Maryland and. Uh, you know, like Dulles and, and Reagan Airport. Yeah, it's the joys of winter. They were all closed. <laughs> so we, we went for Richmond. We thought maybe that would be open. We got right. to Richmond finally in maybe, I don't know, 10 hours or something. Oh it took God. forever. Yeah. And then they finally closed. So we were stranded. And it was the first time in my career that I, that snow stranded me yeah, from know. doing a gig. And I that was it. it. Yeah. I went home to my wife and I said, you know, your idea of coming to Vegas is not so bad. Because <laughs> she had family here. She had oh, okay. an aunt and uncle, who awesome. wonderful people. And uh, we got to stay with them and see what it's really about. It's not about the Strip. It's a very mm-hmm. huge place. Yeah. Right. Yeah, once and, you get uh, off the Strip, it's really like most other cities. Except, yeah. of course, you have slot machines at the 7-Eleven. And I love the mountains. <laughs> the mountains, I mean, they're so majestic, so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, I fell in love with it, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Go ahead, John. <laughs> so <laughs> Buffalo, right? Yes. Born, born and raised there. Yes, yes. There, I, we, uh, I'm sure a bunch of us have a lot of multiple friends, f- or friends in common from right. the area. Right. And I've been wondering, what is it about Buffalo, Rochester, that mm. turns out right a lot of great musicians? Because we know a, a ton of people. I mean. You know, the long, long there, list of the, amazing the, players. Shinta's right. Pete O'Donnell's from right. there. Yeah. Uh, Billy Nunn. Uh, right. You know, there's, there's a lot. Of course, Rick James. Rick and, James. Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's a lot of great musicians from. Isn't, isn't Steve Gadd from that area, Rochester? He's, or he was from Rochester. Yeah. Okay. He's yeah. from Rochester, and uh, you know Chuck Mangione. Yeah. And, right. You know, right. 
so what was what's Ronnie the Foster? Ronnie Foster's from there. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Clint was from Holmes, there. right? I knew that. Okay, heard yeah, of those there's a whole guys. lot. A whole lot of people that call Vegas, and they're and they're and they've all migrated. And and I have one answer to your question. Snow. I mean, what are you going to do? You stay inside and practice. What are you going to do? You go to the bar. There's mm-hmm. usually, I mean, Buffalo was an amazing place to come up as a musician because there was always a place to play. There was yeah. always a gig that you could go in and the club owners would, you know, and we were taught not to live on much. You know, we didn't need much to live on. <laughs> right, so right. the low paychecks were, you know, fine. Just you know? the thing, right. So, uh, yeah, we did We did a lot of uh, bowling. We did a lot of drinking. <laughs> we did a lot of pool playing and, and mu- music, you know. Yes, and you think, I mean, like, it seems like, I know because I play with the Shintas, we talked about that a little bit, but, um, and they're from Buffalo, and they always talk about the vibrant club scene. Like, I yeah. mean, you have so many great players in that sort of tight space. Do you think that right. creates maybe better players from that situation? Or? Well, I think the fact that there are so many great players there, and we and I grew up with a lot of great players who are no longer there because they, they passed on, but uh, a lot of great older musicians were hanging out at the time, and they would think nothing to tell you that you, you know you weren't right mm. right yeah you got to so cut you really had to you know come to the plate with with your best right. at all times because you never know whose ears are yeah. mm-hmm. you know eavesdropping on your playing you know right yeah that was kind of me growing up in la you felt the same thing you felt like if you're going to go out and do it you better yeah. really br- you better bring it <laughs> so we'd play for each other you know we'd play for the musicians would play for each other and the people right. would just love it because they're getting all of this great music for practically nothing you yeah know? Hmm. and was, uh, it was a pleasure and, and an honor to be in that city i'll always love buffalo and i'll always go back there to visit my family and uh, my friends was there the sense growing up there as a musician that that like you would you would start there and then go to new york city or what was that's what, was, what i did right? in 1982 i moved to new york city okay because uh, i was told that you know that's where you go right you know uh but uh, I mean, I stuck with the Spyro schedule at that time, and and I was rarely home. So um, I uh, yeah, because then you guys were like yeah, we were doing big, big. Good, a good two hundred fifty to three hundred days a year. Wow, wow. yeah, know. it's crazy. And wow. it was crazy. <laughs> My gosh, it was crazy. Man. And the the first big hit was what Shaker song? Was, it was the it was Shaker song because uh, a local record label at the time heard us and. Uh, Amherst Records, mm-hmm. and uh, it was his name was Leonard Silver or Lenny. Mm-hmm. We call right. him Lenny Silver. Uh, he's no longer with us, but uh, he really got us going and, mm-hmm. and got us on the radio, and uh, basically uh, turned us on to MCA Records. After that, because when Morning Dance came out, that was an even bigger hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was like that. It was like a <clears throat> snowball, you know. And I, you know, it's, it brings up like because I talked to Jay about that too a little bit about the pop versus jazz versus what's considered now smooth jazz. Mm-hmm. And Morning Dance, in a way, it was really a pop record. Don't, I mean, would you? I mean, it was a jazz, obviously jazz well, play. Until, but until it you hit get the to end charts. of romanticism, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> then it was you know clean fusion. You yeah, know? yeah. But uh, yeah, it was I guess considered that. Uh, but we were we were taking the lead or taking uh, uh, the uh, hint from guys like uh, George Benson, mm-hmm. right, and Herbie Hancock, and mm-hmm. you know Miles yeah. Davis. He was right. doing a bunch of uh, covers and stuff. Um, Chuck Mangione, of course. Yeah. So there was a lot of a mix of, of different kinds of music. Grover Washington Jr. Yeah, that was an interesting time on radio, too, yeah, right? It was. Because there was, was a lot more open space for that kind of... And it was an interesting time for record labels because they they told you to go ahead and do your, you know, be, be adventurous. 
Right. You know? Wow. Do your thing. You yeah. Know? And, and they encouraged us to be different. And I think now it seems like, you know, you get one record, and if it doesn't hit, yeah. they dump you, well, right? They, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're forgotten. But yeah. once you do get a hit, then they're like, now you got to come up with that same song again. Right. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> so, like a double. I, I always, I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, I used to work with Gary Puckett and those guys. And right. That was a thing. In a way, it was like a blessing and a curse because now you've got to play the hit for the next 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> so were you guys under pressure to recreate a certain, yeah, and if even you, at that point? If you make notice of the, the next record uh, after Morning Dance was Catching the Sun. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the, first of all, it's the same key as Morning Dance. It's an F. <laughs> It's kind of got the same groove, you know, you know, it's got that, that kind of quasi, you know, uh, samba slash Latin thing right. going on. But, he, you know, Jay decided, okay, I'm not going to do a complete, you know, remake of Morning Dance. Right. He went into like a funk session, section, yeah. which I loved, you know, yeah. and Randy Brecker played a solo and stuff like that. So, yeah. And that kind of comes you know. into the, because I know the, at one point, there was actually a lot of session, like major session guys that were playing on those records, too. Oh, yeah. Willie was on the, the yeah. Morning How, how did that yeah. kind of come about, like, at that, that situation? I think it was it was started by Rich Calandra, who was our producer at the time. Uh, he was a drummer from Buffalo who uh, had a, a, a terrible accident, a car accident. He could no longer play drums. Oh, okay. So he and Jay got together and put together Cross-Eyed Bear Productions, which was their... You know that's their baby. Right, you know? right. So they put together the whole thing, and and uh, Rich somehow got in connection with uh, Will Lee and okay. and knew the, all these the guys. New York and, session guys. Yeah, the right. New York session guys. Yeah. Steve Gadd, of course. Um, Steve Jordan and uh, Hiram. Marcus is on those. Other Marcus Miller did yeah. a few things. Yeah, that's uh, an amazing list. I mean, uh, also Hiram Bullock. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I love Hiram. I mean, Steve Jordan and Steve Gadd, just to be able to play with those yeah. guys in the uh, basic sessions. I mean, I was mesmerized. But I'm this yeah. kid from, I was 16 when I started working with Jay in the oh, clubs wow. of Buffalo, right? By the time I got to the studios in New York, I was, what, 20? You know, 21? And here I am in a session with Steve Gadd and Marcus Miller and wow. Steve Love and Hiram Bullock and all these guys. And I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm so nervous. Yeah, you're like, how this happens? And those guys... <laughs> And those guys were really sweethearts. Right. To me. Yeah. I mean, they were really nice to me. They they really recognized that I had talent, and that's uh, awesome. They encouraged me, yeah. they, and they led me. You know, they didn't, didn't make me feel uncomfortable at all. So yeah. uh, I was on most of those sessions, and they kept most of my parts. Well, that's just been, I mean, honestly, too, like for those guys, they were seeing, like you said, the Chuck Mangione, the George Best, and they were kind of seeing music that they all loved playing too. Right, hitting the charts. That must have been yeah. exciting for them to be. Yeah, those are the right. days when you could come up with something that yeah. was instrumental and it hit. You know. Yeah. Radio, uh, so uh, we loved it. So Those they probably were, were like sort of cheerleaders in a way yeah. for what you guys. Unfortunately, were doing. we we were under the impression that it wouldn't go away, <laughs> 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 that we would constantly be making hits and right. the money would keep coming in. You know, maybe we nah. should. Maybe now's a good time. Actually, we should uh, maybe play a little bit of Morning Dance just to yeah, so everybody can that's, that's reminisce. The Catalyst song. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and do that, and then we'll come back.
I still love that song. You know what? What's interesting is I was talking to Jay about this last week mm-hmm. when I, we did the interview, and I said, you know, it's funny because you listen to those records like Morning Dance and Shaker Song. They still feel really fresh to me. Yeah. I, mean, I know you've been playing them for years and years, but... I have been playing them live for years <laughs> and years, and uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the uh, the Secret Sound Studios that we were recording in. Um, we had some great engineers that really knew how to make it sound sweet. Yeah, because that still you sounds know? good. I mean, it's you amazing. That, that, I think it was... Uh, uh, what's his name? Anyway, I'm not going to try and remember. Because no, no, that's okay. I'm one of those guys that at, at the age now where I, I, my memory drops out when I need it. <laughs> but anyway, I, he introduced I, I, me to this plug-in. Well, it's not a plug-in. It was a rack mount unit called the Aural Exciter. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, we put the saxophone, uh, saxophone through this, and I guarantee you it's going to be a hit. Right, yeah. <laughs> I said, sure wow, enough. i got to buy one of those. Yeah, right. <laughs> where do I get one? I need one of those. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a great time, and, and the Secret Sound Studios was a great place to play in new york it was over there by sixth avenue and uh, 24th street mm. and those guys constantly are coming in and out you know steve right. gadd and willie and so uh it was a great time to to be there in new york yeah, I can imagine. you know and uh i loved it i loved it I, and the memories are as fresh as uh, yesterday wow when, when you guys go back to when you tour back to buffalo what's the reception like it's got to be oh it's great. great we have lots of old friends that home. you know it's not I think the young people don't really care. Okay. The young people that are now, you know, taking over Buffalo and the new, the new, <laughs> yeah, the the new influx of, you know, uh, community uh, communities. But uh, the older cats, you know, they've been there ever since the beginning. They they show up, man, and right. it's like, oh man, it's like an old family. Oh, it's like your old family showed up. So is it gen- is your audience generational? Like you know, you see acts have been touring forever. It's like. They, yeah. they, they're bringing their kids now to they see are, you guys. Yeah, they yeah. are. But in Buffalo, when you ask specifically about Buffalo, it's it's mostly guys our age, okay. you know, with their wives. And, you know, they bring their kids. But you can right. tell the kids were, were <laughs> kicking and screaming all the way. You know, and it's really, you know, it's tough. I think Buffalo is a tough audience for us. Yeah, you know, we well, really, the New York audience uh, in general, Again, right? we have to be on our A game with them, right. you know. Yeah, we can't be half stepping, you know. <laughs> right. Half stepping. So, <laughs> you know, we try not to be anyway, but um, you know, it's it's a great place to play. It's a great place to come home. You know, my own brother would would come to my show and tell me when I messed up. Oh, that's you know? funny. Isn't that no, great? No pressure. That's yeah. the best. I know that feeling. Yeah, it was yeah. a great show, but you know that the fourth chord you played on that third song, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, what was that about? You know? <laughs> yeah, I get that. I work with my brother a lot. It's yeah. like you heard that. Damn. Did you, uh, did you come a little from flat a, on that. Did entrance? you come from a family of musicians? Yes, or? my father was a jazz bassist. Uh, my oh, mother was a jazz singer. That's how they met. Wow. They met on stage when uh, my my father sat in with a, a band that my mother was singing in. Awesome. Uh-huh. And you know, I grew up uh, listening to Oscar Peterson Trio and Sarah Vaughan. And, right. And Classics. Yeah. Carmen McRae. My mother's favorites were Carmen McRae, Sarah Vaughan, and and Nancy Wilson. Mm. That's a good list. <laughs> Yeah, my, yeah, my father just listened to Ray Brown. Yeah. You know, his favorite bass right. player was Ray Brown. So awesome. the Oscar Peterson trio was yeah. it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, of course, when I heard that kind of piano playing, I was like, maybe uh, maybe I could try piano someday. You know, and then, Little did I know that it was impossible to play as yeah. good as Oscar yeah. Peterson. Right. You had to be Art Tatum to even get close. Anyway. Yeah. It's funny, but that stuff is still it's so timeless. It's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. how does that how does the, the Peterson trio kind of inform your, your trio that you've been working now? Well, I have, since of course when I grew up listening to Oscar Peters, I'd listened to a lot, many, a lot, many more pianists than sure. that. I mean, Bill Evans was one of my favorites. You know, right, Keith Jarrett, right. 
uh, Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea. I mean, the list goes on and on and yeah. on. Thelonious Monk. Yeah, sure. Right. You know, a lot of people think that his playing was a little sloppy or wrong. I, I think it was perfect. Yeah. You know? Sometimes the beauty is in the is in it's, the sloppy. It's in the yeah, but his rhythm was amazing. His right. feel. I learned yeah. a lot about feel from Thelonious. Yeah. So. Uh, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's it, something you can't really teach that either, right? You because you, have you to can't like, teach it. You gotta, you gotta. It has to be osmosis. Right. Either you're born with it, or you, or it's somehow the osmosis of listening to it made it. It's like you become an impression or an impressionist. You mm. Know? Mm. I could sound like uh, like Herbie a little bit. I could sound like Chick. Yeah, a yeah bit. right. Yeah. So I guess whatever my style is is just you know a blending of all of those upbringings. Yeah. Well, I think, and I think that as a musician. You know, especially an aware musician, like you, you're sort of soaking up all that stuff. And yeah. I mean, those guys are so inspirational. Even I mean, for me as a bass player, guys like Ray Brown and those guys, it's just mm. it's yeah. it's amazing what they accomplished, and yep. they were really trendsetting at the time. And when know? I started touring with this band, uh, we started immediately doing these jazz festivals, like overseas, like the the. Uh, the North Sea Jazz Festival right. in Den Haag, the big Holland. ones, and, right. yeah. and I mean, I I got to meet Ray Brown, and and you know, I got to meet Oscar Peterson, I wow. got to meet right. uh, Louis Belson and and Woody Herman, and I mean, it was the list goes because that was a really cool. I mean, that when you guys started really hitting, that was a really because those guys are still alive, right? The late seventies, yeah, in the late seventies. Yeah. Dizzy Gillespie was like the major hang for us. I yeah, mean, we, he he loved us. Oh, that's awesome. It. He used to say, you know, I love you guys because, you know, we're seeing new butts in those seats. <laughs> right. <laughs> Other people are coming to see well, but, you know, that's the true. festivals. Yeah, yeah. right. Because you guys are bringing in a whole other audience, right? Right. And Dizzy loved us. And I wrote a song called Dizzy with uh, Eli Konikoff. Oh, okay. Cool. You know, it's on the free time record. Right. And I got to play it for Dizzy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I yeah, actually... I'm a Walkman. <laughs> I actually saw you guys because, I, I, you know, I grew up in California in Huntington Beach. And I used to go to the jazz weekends at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And I saw you guys, and it must have been maybe 82, 83. It was right when Morning Dance was really... Disneyland. Is this yeah. when we came up? No, no, no. It was when when they had the stage over the... Up the on lake. the river, yeah. Right there, and, the, I, and I was yeah. watching you guys thinking, wow, this is really interesting because it felt like a major pop. I mean, I don't say... I hate saying pop act, but it felt like that level. Right, right. Like it was like, wow. Did I have a I guitar? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. I, don't remember. I do remember a huge drum kit. Oh, that's Eli, yeah. Eli's drum kit. We, yeah. we, we called it the Rhino Rack. Yeah, I remember that. That <laughs> it, stuck with me. It wasn't It wasn't to protect him. It was to protect the audience from him. Ah, okay. <laughs> Some, sometimes that's necessary with drummers. <laughs> Excuse me. When the shield wasn't enough, when the drum shield isn't enough. That's right? funny. Oh, Eli yeah. was a force of nature. Yeah. Oh, my God. What, a, what an amazing guy and an amazing drummer. So you guys, I mean, one of the things that's awesome about your band is that or the group is that you had the same players for so many years. Well, m myself and Jay, we go back to the beginning. Right. So it's just him and I. But when we uh, when we got Julio Fernandez in 1984, I believe, mm -hmm. he's been with us since. Right. And then uh, Scott Ambush came along around 1992. And Scott's amazing. Mm -hmm. I love his playing. So good. The first thing we used to audition guys. Right. You know, when we had to change over, and Scott came in and. Of course, he burned everybody, you know. Uh, but he also said, you know, I make my own bases. I'm like, you're kidding, right? He said, no, <laughs> this is an ambush base. You right. know? So he gave it to me, and I checked it out. It's perfect right. workmanship. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, he's a, he's a master carpenter, yeah. you know. So I really respected that. And I said, so this means you could, like, burn your base every night and just go home and make another <laughs> Like, you know, I was, like, I was all excited, man. We're like, the show is going to yeah, go to a whole, whole other level. level. 
That's going to go Hendrix. You can bring in the Kiss element. Yeah, we're going to do the, the Hendrix. base you can have ready to go, right? He says, yeah, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it could. Yeah, so, it, you know, Scott's been with us since 1992. Julio's been with us since 84, and, of course, me and Jay. And then the the only revolving chair has been the drum chair. Oh, okay. So we've had, we've been really lucky with drummers. Yeah, I was going to say, you've had some amazing drummers. You know, starting with uh, uh, Joel Rosenblatt, right. who was, you know, another amazing drummer. He was... Who used to room with Dave Weckl? Wow! So okay. him and Dave were like brothers. Yeah, that's a know? good team, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he decided to move on, uh, we we got uh, what was it uh, Ludwig Afonso? Ah, he was okay. a Cuban drummer. Nice. He was with us for about a year, year and a half. Um, then he, I think, he quickly got bored with us. Oh, because <laughs> yeah. he he's such a that's funny a, a complicated player. I mean, he's right. like a Cuban thing is like a different time zone. <clears throat> right, so when yeah, you're doing like yeah. four or four every night, it's like you, you know, yeah. oh, please. You know, it's, four it's four funny time. with that because I've often I've I've had people tell me, oh, I'm an Afro-Cuban percussionist since this young white kid, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, well, that's cool. You can study it, but those guys yeah. they grew up with it. They right. grew up yeah, from the time. In, yeah, it's in, yeah, it's ingrained. Yeah, yeah, it's like you can you can kind of study that, but it's it's a different. You know, <laughs> I listen to uh, lately when people say, "Well, who, what pianists do you listen to now?" I said, "Gonzalo Rubalcaba." Yeah, mm. if you check out some of his stuff, yeah. it's it's just mind-boggling, and he always has the musicians that just know where he's at right. at all times, and. I, I'm in, I'm confused. I know. You listen to that and you're like, if you're coming from a 4-4. Where's one? Where's <laughs> one? And, you know, so I'm, I'm telling on myself right now, but that's what I'm trying to aspire to to understand right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about music, though. It's a lifelong journey, right? It you, is. You, don't, you never really get there. It's mm-hmm. like being a doctor. You know, it's a practice. Right. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. You never get it down. Yeah, and there's always and there's always something that will humble you. And then we went from <laughs> you know, talking about drummers, uh, getting back to drummers, we went from him to uh, Ludwig to Bonnie B. Right. Bonnie, Bonnie, so Bonnie Bonaparte is very well Bonnie known. Bonnie B? Mm-hmm. Hey, Bonnie's very, very well known in Las Vegas, but I mean, actually, yes. yeah. probably, I mean, really, because you guys globally. And he's the first one ever to not have to audition. Yeah. You know? I oh, mean, well. he just, we just. He's yeah. a, he's really he's, a savant. Yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy. Yeah. So he, we did, gosh, I mean, four years maybe with him, and then he had a stroke, and, and, right. and it was really difficult uh, yeah. for him to travel. Right. So we had to, to move on from there. Yeah, anyway, right got- now we have Lionel Cordu, who's a rock. I mean, he's. I call him the 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 magic carpet ride. Yeah. Because <laughs> the groove is so. Yeah, not there. really. I mean, not really. Like you know, when you get that. When you get the right guy, it's yeah. just like the glue, right? Yeah. And also, he's a sweetheart. He's a, a yeah. funny and, and intelligent and, and easy to hang with, you know, yeah. no drama, no no problems. And that, that counts for a lot when you're doing all the road dates. You Absolutely. Guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. People, people discount that. I'm like, you know, it's great to have awesome players, but awesome yeah. people also yeah. often count just as much. I was we, talking to somebody who is it. Uh, Jerry Lopez, who Jerry, yeah. we all know, yeah. he said at a certain point it doesn't. Be, it becomes less about how does he play and how to, rather than how does he bus, like, right? How, how exactly. He, how do you dress? How do you travel? Right? How do you keep your clothes ironed? You know. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Jerry's been great. Uh, is he allowed me to uh, sit in one night with the uh, Santa Fe and the Fat yeah. City Horns and, oh my God, <laughs> I was like at first I I was like yeah sure I'll do it you know, and then I got the material. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like right? 
oh my god i better start working now yeah i actually sized gonna... up for them some years ago and i was like and i'm like it was actually i had to really think about saying yes it's very challenging it's a thing because yeah, people people absolutely. who don't know that band like it's world-class players of guys mm-hmm. that played with santana celine dion yeah. like tons of bet midler and uh so it's like yeah just, <laughs> we, they, they sent me a <clears throat> sorry they sent me a uh a tape of well not a tape a cd of a live version of their song san diego oh yeah right. okay mm-hmm. it starts out with a montuno thing right, right. you know it's so i i nailed it i was like yeah this is gonna be fun so we went it's the first song on the list right so when we started it started out with this horn tootie mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> that yeah, I, did, that yeah. I never like, heard. You know? <laughs> and it's not written. It's not in the chart. And, and like, I'm looking hell. around, and, and Pepe is looking at me going, don't worry, just look at me, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so finally he went click, click, click. Okay, <laughs> bang, you know, and, and I got <laughs> into it. I was like, man, thank yeah. you. Because the very first song, if you screw that up. Oh, I know, right, yeah. It's yeah. The, your whole night right. is wrong. Yeah, you can, right. feel, you can feel the There's beats. No coming back from that. <laughs> you can feel exactly. the beats of, beats of sweat building up on your forehead. Right? <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple of moments where I was like, oh, no, what are, what, where is it going? And and Dave Richardson wrote a song. Yeah, Dave's, Dave's awesome. Beautiful song. That was a, a multimeter kind of thing, mm-hmm. and he sent me a, a, a CD of that, and apparently they didn't play it right. It oh, was, it was okay. not played properly. You know? oh, so okay. I decided to take the chart that Dave gave me and feed it into Sibelius. Oh, okay. And then have Sibelius play it for me so, <laughs> so that I could get it right. <laughs> That's funny. You know, wow. and, and I learned it from from the chart right, right. i didn't learn yeah, it from yeah. the from the cd yeah so obviously when i showed up for the sound check that's the first thing they ran right so see see if tom schumann can yeah can, yeah can and i've had that thing. i've had that experience i'm like i better just start with the hardest one because yeah, you know they're start, gonna yeah, let's know start, they're gonna call let's start with something that we know he's gonna screw <laughs> yeah, exactly. up exactly so uh it separates I, the mental and if you get it you've set your you yeah, know you've set and, your bar and at least you know. and it starts with me so <laughs> i had to have it from the get-go yeah. and when i got the thumbs up from everybody it was like okay i'm in yeah right, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> thank you jesus <laughs> you know <laughs> so with all your years uh, with with spyro driver you also have had um quite you've done quite a bit of a solo career too right really yes records thanks along the way. thanks to my brilliant wife yvonne schumann who awesome. uh, started our uh, company, Jazzbridge Music, and said, you know, you really need your own label because yeah. you know, it's too hard to get uh, the, uh, the big guys to mm-hmm. to invest on us. So we'll at least have something to put a stamp on the right. the records, you know. And uh, I started making, uh, from, from 1999, I started making my own, you know. Yeah. After, after the Extremities c- CD, which came out in 1990 mm-hmm. on... Uh, I think it was MCA and then went to GRP. Okay. But uh, that was the Jay Beckenstein-influenced right. yeah. record. And uh, I was very appreciative of that. A lot of great cats are on that. Yeah. Uh, and so I decided, you know, since they dropped me, you know, it didn't it didn't make enough. It didn't sell enough. I think I heard it. It only sold like 24,000 units, which today would be gold yeah. right <laughs> right right uh yeah, but at true. the time didn't do well so yeah. uh i decided when i got married in 1996 that i would collaborate with my wife and okay. uh, and it turned out to be the best thing i marrying yvonne was the best thing right. i could have done so uh she's been a, a muse and she's been a, my business partner i'm totally stupid about business of music <laughs> yeah i you know i don't even want to know i mean I know, and it's, you yeah. know I and mean, ignorance is is bliss right 
I'd rather just, get, just give me happy. the music. <laughs> I hand her the music, and she says, you know, okay, take it. Yeah. Do something with it, you know. Right. But and it's also that it's great to have a sort of a partner in crime, right? Where you can, yeah. where you you know, they got your back. And she will yeah. not, she will not uh, hesitate to tell me when I'm off. When I'm, <laughs> when it's like, what, what? Why don't you end this song? It's like oh, the yeah. ending is taking another minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah. As uh, us musicians, sometimes we're our worst own worst editors. <laughs> I know, absolutely. <laughs> that's why it's good to have a strong producer. Absolutely. It's like, no, you're done. You know, yes. take, take 57 was fine. That's what we yeah, want. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she comes, comes up with the concepts and uh, like Deep Chill okay. was a concept of hers with the, the lady, the beautiful lady models sitting on top on the, of the, the, piano, the piano, melting yeah. into the piano. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was great. I was like, people would say, is that your wife? No. <laughs> no, but it, then you, but it was her idea. Yeah, it was her idea. Yeah. So you went on you both know. counts is what yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, you know, so she came up with a lot of great ideas. Uh Told me what covers to play when we did covers, and yeah. you know, I I don't know, I can't live without it. Well, the um the cover thing too is interesting. So the actually the new Spyro record is yes, all covers, right? Covers, yes. yeah. And yeah. but but not just covers, and really reworked in really interesting ways. How did that, how yeah, did thank that you. Come, yeah. how did that come about? Like, what was the impetus? Well, for first that? of all, uh, we didn't even know if it was going to work. I mean, Phil Brennan, our manager of forty some years, right. Uh, came up with this idea and approached it gently with Jay because Jay would, Jay refused. Yeah, you know, he hated doing covers. Yeah, he said that. He said that was forbidden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the word he used. I mean, you know, we got enough writers where we can right. Yeah, can, sure. We got enough for the next couple of CDs in the future now already. Right. But anyway, um, Phil, you know, tried. You know, kind of bent his ear, and Jay said, "Okay, well." We'll give it a try, you know. So we got together in Jay's house and we battered around a few ideas, and uh, some guys came up with some songs they wanted to cover. Other right. guys came up. I liked uh, "What a Fool Believes." Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know. it's a really interesting version of that. Yeah, song. I love yeah. that. I love that uh, version. I came in with with the idea at first, and it was mostly a, a shuffle feel. Oh, okay. And Scott Ambush was like, "Nah, I think that's been done. Let's let's try like an African groove or something right. like that." Well, I said, "Cool, you know." Yeah, I love his his uh, fretless work on that album. Yeah, good. so and Scott beautiful. Ambush is a very creative individual when it comes to arranging music. Oh, okay, he comes up with the most eclectic and most hard to learn stuff, <laughs> like that, challenge. like it's the like uh, uh, stolen moments, right? That nine in nine, I used to call it nine stolen moments. Huh. <laughs> That's funny. I had to really feel that. I mean, it was yeah. really hard because the melody comes in after right. one. Yeah, it's kind of like an offset weird. Before, kind of... you know, because the original is ba da 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 da. So you have that little pickup into right. one. And those this songs like, get so deep into your head, you have to read it. You know, do 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 you're kind of fighting muscle memory. Oh and man, it's like it yeah, it was like. Before. But once we got it and it got really good to us, it was it was blazing, man. Yeah, yeah, that record sounds awesome. Like, thank you. Yeah. When when was that actually released? I know it's pretty pretty recently. Not, right? not it was recently. It was um, I think October fourteenth yeah. or something. Okay. Like that. Yeah, October thirteenth mm-hmm. or fourteenth. So when when you guys tour, are you doing? You're kind of doing a mix. I mean, you have to do the hits, I guess. But yeah, we do we do a medley of uh, Shaker Song, Catching the Sun, and Morning Dance. Cool. And then now you're integrating the new stuff. The new we record. have a lot of the new stuff that we can do. Uh, basically, the whole record we could do. Uh, but you know, we we're trying to incorporate the oldies. Everybody yeah. likes the oldies. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you sort of have to, right? Yeah. yeah. So we do. Uh, uh, Shanghai Gumbo. We'll, we'll do uh, City Kids. Right. We haven't done City okay. Kids in a long time. Okay. 
So I'm really happy about that. I love that song. When um, you do one of the covers, mm-hmm. right, do you do you intro it or do you let people figure it out once it's started? Uh, I think he kind of talks about it after the fact. Okay. You know, we'll, we'll go from, like, the first tune sometimes is... Uh, uh, Cape Town Love, which uh-huh. is which is off of I forget what uh, in modern times or something like that. I forget where what that song's from, but then we went from there right into without speaking right into what a fool believes. Okay. Yeah, because that that one is hidden. You don't you don't. Yeah. It doesn't sound anything like right. But when the melody comes in, like. yeah, right. Then people you get people it. start going. Oh, wait yeah. a minute, that sounds familiar. I, I'm always interested in how people structure sets like that. If you're going to do a cover and you're going to do something yeah. inter- right. interesting with it, right. do you do you give it to them or do you let them figure it out and see? We let them figure see it who out. gets it. We let them know? figure it out. Yeah. And a lot of times it's funny because uh, if you're familiar with the cut on the record. It drops out and goes into like a little piano yeah, yeah, solo yeah, yeah. without mm-hmm. any band. Right. And there's always an applause at that point. Wow. They people are always yeah. applauding at that point. Like, yeah, I got right. it. I got it. This is the song. I love this. You, right. got, you guys are like, yes. And then and then they get then here comes the the you know here we're gonna go on our own ride now. Yeah, right. It's right, a totally right. different thing right, now. Right. You know, but it's so stick anchored. with me, guys. It's yeah. so grounded because Jay plays the melody so strong. I mean, it's yeah. so it's so faithful. Yeah. It yeah. leaves that room for interpretation, right? It's, yeah, and I gotta admit, I was a little worried about it because you know I I didn't want to sound like a lounge act, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> That's what he was he was saying. He goes the biggest thing when this first came up is we don't want to sound like a really good wedding band yeah <laughs> which is that's always <laughs> that's a challenge awesome. doing covers right so. that's awesome that's it yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know and and also the the material that was picked is is very i don't know very eclectic oh sunshine yeah. of your love would have yeah. been yeah that, that to me knowing yeah. knowing what i know of the catalog is to right. me was a left field thing but i loved it yeah you know yeah when it's a great got, rendition and we got machico uh, sanchez yep. yeah from here mm-hmm. uh, they re- we recorded the percussion and also the horn section at my studio oh awesome shoebox so you yeah. have a studio here mm-hmm. in vegas yeah oh okay i didn't know that it's called shoebox awesome s-c-h-u-b-o-x yeah <laughs> let's uh i think maybe now is a good time too let's check out um another one of your tunes this is actually off of your record um john live at marion's right jazz right yeah with uh you know with dave ostrom right and andrea d'angelo on drums dave okay. ostrom on bass amazing yeah. amazing bass player yeah. So it's like Scott Lafaro, this guy. No, another very lyrical, very, very yes. musical. I was basis. very blessed to, to met those guys and yeah. be able to take them with me to Switzerland. I'd like to talk about that yeah. too when we come back. Sure. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's uh, check out this, uh, this song and then we'll come back. Awesome. Yeah. So we yeah uh, we, we love uh, your solo stuff is amazing. You were gonna actually ask about. I wanted to so we like we were saying before we have a lot of friends in common here musical right. friends and so taking those guys to it was in Switzerland right yeah to Marion. So mm-hmm. how did that whole thing evolve? You met well, them. <clears> I met them uh, through uh, Dirk K. Okay. It's uh, Kulkins. His name is great so guitarist. Yeah, fantastic guitarist yeah. And, and a great composer. Yeah. 
uh, brilliant composer. And uh, they came, uh, I don't know how he found out about my studio, but uh, I got a call from uh, Dirk, and uh, he said, uh, you mind if we uh, come and check out your studio? And, you know, we, we may like to, you know, do a record there. And I'm like, sure, come on over. You know, I basically told him, look, this day is free. Just right. record something. Come, oh, that's cool. Know? Awesome. Wow. So just and see if you like it. You know, right. if you like it, then we can talk, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, they turned out, you know, they really liked how I did my recordings and mm. how it came out and everything. So anyway, he had uh, Andrea and, and Dave, you know, on drums oh, with and bass him. Yeah. with him. And uh, the, um, what's the name of the again, uh, their record again? You told me. Earlier. Lockout Station. Lockout Station, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Anyway, that's the name of the record. And uh, I just was blown away by all of the musicianship um, and, and the compositional adventure. They were very adventurous, but mm -hmm. they were also so in tune with each other's playing that it's it's like the old Miles Davis University. I mean, there are no wrong notes, only only right. poor resolutions. You get, yeah, and you get people on the same page. Right? And they went off. I mean, they did some avant garde. They did, mm. you know, and but it was the kind of avant garde that you could listen to, right? Because the musicianship was at a, at such a yeah. great level. Yeah, you know, and uh, Dirk, uh, am I saying his name right? Dirk K. I stop at the K. Okay, because it's just <laughs> yeah. I don't want to butcher it. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes you're safe for that. <laughs> yeah. I'll okay. Klutkins, I think. Klutkins, right. But anyway, he had his own uh, plethora of effects. Okay. For his yeah. guitar. Right. And but he the way his use of those effects hmm. were amazing, and he would get delays, and then and right. the, the guitar would go into this you know phase, and it was a dream come true because I didn't have to do anything. Right. I just right. had to. No, get he's very good particular about, and yeah. he's got he's got all of that dialed in. Very Basically, well. got great. You know, recordings and you know, strong, you know, signals. Right. And we played it back, and it's like, that's it. You yeah, know. Right. So uh, it was it was really a great experience. So anyway, I, when I got this opportunity to play uh, Marion's Jazz Room in Bern, Switzerland, which just is out, it's outside of Zurich, uh, because Spyro had played there. Right. And I gave Benny, uh, the the owner there, um, a, a CD of mine uh, called Schumann Nature. It's one of my one of my solo yeah one of my solo awesome. oh I have a whole list of uh, them, that's know. good though yeah, I'm only Schumann you remember you know. it right oh the Schumanity you know <laughs> so he called me finally after about a year after Spiro was there and said you want to come in on January we have we have an opening on January and I was like sure what what do we what do we need to do you know I'll sign anywhere you know so uh, I first went over with uh, uh, Lee Pearson the drummer who was with us mm -hmm. for a while another great drummer right. And we picked up a uh, a bass player over there, a Swiss bass player. Uh, his name was uh, Rätis Fleisch. Uh, so that was the first time I went to Bern, Switzerland. Uh, and that went very well. Um, but Benny came to me and said, look, next time we call you, don't we don't want to see any Swiss musicians. Yeah, they want they want to. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I was well, like, well, well, why? There's so many great yeah. musicians here. You know, I thought, you know, I've just come there and right. with, right. my, with my Pick material. And, and just, you know. In Europe, they like, they want they the real want, deal. They want yeah. American musicians. Right. You know. So I was like, okay, cool. If, you know, I'm sorry uh, that I didn't bring, bring the <laughs> American bass player. But anyway, he called again, like two years later. And here I am with you know the, the the availability thing and you know uh lee pearson is out with chris Bodie now constantly right. and you know he's he's working a lot so i couldn't get him again so 
I thought about these guys, Andrea and Dave, so I called them both and I said, how do you feel about coming and do a trio thing with me in, in Switzerland? And they were like, yes! Yeah, right, yeah. Yes! They didn't so, even ask about the money or right. anything. And they said, when well, can we rehearse? I mean, honestly, that's a great opportunity for them, obviously. But yeah. check it out. They, they were the ones that, that said, when can we rehearse? Oh, okay, right? awesome. I didn't that have, to, like Andrea, I didn't have yeah. to say anything. Yeah. Right. So they, they, shows, they show up, we, we go through the material, all right, so when can we rehearse again? You know, and I'm wow. like, anytime you want. You know, <laughs> they came over at least five times to my house. Oh, awesome! And yeah. we really nailed the material. And I had, I was glad too because I had to learn it again myself. Yeah, right. You know, well, plus and it's, it's your sort of name on the line, right? Yeah, and and we're doing material like spiral material that's in the trio form. So right. I had to really rearrange it, and mm. it became very, uh, yeah, it's very fun. pleasant to to go out there every night and and mm. you know showcase this uh, trio of mine. Well, it's nice. To, I mean, I'm sure for you too. It's nice to be able to showcase younger players that are maybe players that people don't really yeah. know. Here's the thing, though. Dave Ostrom got more applause than me. Oh, <laughs> see what's up with that. <laughs> that really. So got you're ready to check at the end of the night. You're like, hmm, let me see. That's funny. <laughs> no, but he he's he was a monster. I mean, yeah. he played, his soloing is is amazing. His rhythm, and of course, mm -hmm. Andreas. He's like a a, a painter. Mm. With the drums, I just right. love. It. He, he reminds me of Paul Motion, you know. Mm -hmm. Wow, um, yeah. very nice painter, but he also has that groove, right? You know, yeah. That jazz groove. Yeah, it's you know, it's. I mean, as you, I'm, I'm sure you know, just going through meeting players over the years and stuff. There's a certain guys they have a magic to them. Yeah, you know, I and mean, being even, from even, Rome, I you know, how did he end up in Vegas? You right. Know? Yeah. But there's, it's yeah. funny though. A lot of, I mean, like I've met people from all over the world that, yeah, that yeah. Are, you know, Russia, way Japan, here, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Right. That's what I really was what impressed me about Las Vegas. I didn't know it was so diverse. Right. There were so many great musicians from yeah. all over the world. Yeah, and there's people that do. I mean, there's also guys like you that live here that people wouldn't necessarily know. Right. That tour all over the world mm -hmm. and and they bring that, those influences. Back into town, you're able to pick up those guys, yep. those grip, those players. I hear Roy Haynes used to live here. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I mean, it's just a lot of. Oh wow, I didn't know. So that. it's a huge list. You know, Richie Cole was in and out of town yeah. for uh -huh. a little while. Uh -huh. He was here just a few weeks ago. I saw him at, out of Santa Fe. Right. Right. Actually, and they used to have. Yeah. I mean, they used to have a Blue Note here. They had. I mean, mm -hmm. they've, they've tried the jazz club thing here. It was always yep. a bit of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, well, we we played the the Blue Note here when it when it used to be at the Aladdin. Right. Aladdin, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you know. Yeah, people don't want to have to think. It's a chat. Yeah. People don't come to Vegas. And Vegas jazz. don't. They, don't, they, they yeah, want their eyes to. They want to see to be entertained. They want to see dancing girls. That's right. <laughs> fair, you know. Fair enough. There's a place for that. That's okay. Had you done Spyrogyra topless, that would have been right. Oh, hey, that yeah. would have been. A, just, well, I'm just going to put that, put that, you know, no, on the table. Please don't. So coming up uh, for 2020, you guys have a lot more touring. When you when do you go out again? What's your next uh, date? Uh, February we have. We have a date in Beacon, New York, I think, the middle of February. And then we rehearse another show for a few days, and then we, we go out. I mean, I could get, I could start up my phone and, I know. and, you and guys, show you the schedule, but it's amazing there's at least 50 dates already. Right. Wow. I know you got, um, I think Europe's coming up in July. That's what Jay was well, saying. Well, we, we just, I just got an email today. There's three dates in, in Russia. Oh, wow. Awesome. In March. Interesting. Well, better, better than December. And, and my wife's going to kill me because it's right around our anniversary. Oh, I kept, wow. I kept yeah. telling her, I said, look, you know, if, ever, if we ever go on the road on our anniversary, I'm taking you with me. I was going to say, going with you. I don't know if she wants to go to Russia. Yeah. It's not yeah, a bad place, but I mean, it might be uh, it might be cold at this time. At yeah. Time of year. Well, that's awesome. I, you know, it's, it's amazing that the career that, I mean, you've had on by yourself, but then also with Spyro, like that's, it's a rarity. 
There aren't too many bands that have had that kind of career and length of career. Well, I consider it, uh, I don't know, insanity relief, you know, um, because if you play the same stuff all the time and that's all you do, you kind of go, especially if you, you have other things that you'd rather do right you know you go a little crazy you know you yeah. Get, yeah i wouldn't have lasted with spiral jar if i wouldn't be able to do my own music and, and you know and talking with jay too he really emphasized the point i mean he first of all i was telling you when you got here but he loves you i mean he had so much nice stuff to say about you yeah and the feeling like, is mutual yeah i mean he was he was basically like you know tom could have very easily just had a solo career mm. but he stuck with us and it was it was really I mean, it was very. It was. He's a very charming guy. But do you want to know why I stick with Spyro Jar? Because I promised him a long time ago. Yeah. And I'm a man of my word. I said, Jay, I've been here in the beginning. Because he was in tears. He was like, Look at, he. You know, it was after uh, the release of my first solo record, mm-hmm. and he knew that. You know. Right. Okay, I could lose this guy. Right. You know. But he was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this without you, man. Mm-hmm. You know? And I said, Jay, don't worry about it, man. I, I was here in the beginning. I'll be here until the end. Yeah. And and you know uh, I'm a man of my word. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna leave him in the lurch. You know. Yeah. I mean, but you know, unless I, I can get Herbie Hancock to take my place, <laughs> right? Or Chick. You know, that would be yeah. cool. You know. But you know, in, in music, I mean, that kind of thing is rare. That kind of loyalty. Yeah, and that's a, it's a real family for me. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's another family. Right. And when I go on the road, we all get together like brothers. We have a good mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. We go on stage. And you can feel the love on stage. I think that's right. one of the reasons, one of the secrets to our longevity is at this point, especially in our career, we absolutely love yeah. each other and, and love the audience. And again, a rarity, right? When you're yeah. on the road that much. And, and have we have to such great with... material to yeah. work with. I mean, we got all this great material. Right. Yeah. You know, we never, we'll never get bored. Yeah, and it takes years to build that kind of team too. I think mm-hmm. it doesn't just happen by it accident. It does. Yeah, it know? does. And yeah. when you get a, like for instance, our manager Phil Brennan. I mean, he's been with us since the beginning, and Jay absolutely trusts him because he's yeah. a, he's a really trustworthy guy. And Phil's a lovely guy. We've been trading a lot of messages. He's a real trustworthy guy. Yeah, you can really trust him with your secrets. Right. You know yeah. I mean? Well, just trusting managers and, and all that kind of stuff is, is, is yeah. obviously it can be challenging. But he wouldn't he wouldn't steal a penny. If it was sitting on the on the table, yeah. you know, it's it's very rare to find that kind yeah, of yeah. you know loyalty. And yeah. I think Jay was brilliant in who he decided to to hire in the beginning. Mm-hmm. He found guys that he knew would yeah. stick stick with him, you know, right. through thick or thin. Yeah, I mean that's that's just a testament to all you guys too, though, just to to be in there and doing it and and making yeah. it work after all these years. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really want to thank you so much. It's over. Yeah, well, not quite. Doesn't <laughs> have to be. I mean, you know. as, as the door is opening, if we're just if, getting if, started. If, if, yeah, now it's rush hour, so you're, you know it's funny. It's anyway. actually funny because, like, I just—I mean, I've—I've I've been fortunate to do some fun interviews. Like, I did Kenny Garrett and uh, just oh, did Bobby wow. Bobby Santabria, uh-huh. and like with Bobby, it's sort of like you guys. Like, there's so much history. It's like, where do right. you start and where do you end? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't really get through all the all the stories from the the 80s. <laughs> I know. I, well, I'm sure that that could be for part hey, two. Right? That could be part two. <laughs> right, there you go. Yeah, all all the uh, oh my god the debauch the debauchery whatever you call yeah. it, you know yeah. substance abuse. Uh, well, you know what you guys made it things <laughs> that define an era. Yeah. yeah, well, we survived it and we're all healthier because of it. And uh, yeah, I haven't had a drink now in over twenty three years. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So uh, I'm real proud of that. Yeah, that's I mean that's a thing, man. It's obviously with music and the life that we often live. It's like we have all had friends that 
have gone a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. So exactly. You exactly. got to feel thankful when you're here, you're here and you're healthy and yeah. you wake up and you look forward to doing what you do. Still yeah. able to do it. And yeah, we just mm-hmm. celebrated another birthday for Jaco Pastorius. And every time that comes mm-hmm. around, I, I think to myself, yeah, what a waste. Yep. It's hard for me to watch his videos. I, I, I it really kind of hurts yeah. my heart a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. when you think about his kids and yeah, what they missed out on. And, mm-hmm. well, Felix and, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, you know. It's quite a. But I thank my wife for my sobriety because uh, yeah. when I got married, I realized, you know what, I'm going to screw this up if I don't <laughs> grab, if I don't grab the, the the bull by the horns. Yeah, it's. And, I mean, plus you're on the road so much, it's hard. Like that's hard for for spouses to even deal with that, right? And she said right. to me one night, she said, "Look, if you don't learn how to moderate your drinking, uh, we're going to have marital problems." Yeah. I said, "Well, I don't know how to moderate my drinking, so I'm just going to have to quit." Right. Yeah. So the yeah. next day was it. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> that's how, that's, that's yeah. how, you know, I am. You guys, well, you kind of talk about the eighties. I mean, we didn't really even talk too much about that, but like you guys are riding real high, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I came out of high school. Don't forget. Right. right. I didn't go to college. So you're like oh, okay. set free in the world. That was my college. Right. Yeah. You know, that so was, yeah, that was, was your education. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I can imagine. <laughs> Good Lord. It was fun, but. From what I can remember, but uh, you know, plus you guys are like you said, you're on the road what 200 something days a year. Yeah, it was. I basically all my clothes lived in the suitcase. Right. I didn't have a chest of drawers that I transferred my clothes in. Right. I basically went from my suitcase to the laundry, from the laundry back into the. You just pull out the dirty stuff. That was my life. You know. That's kind of what I do now. I'll, like, I'll forget something <laughs> if I pull everything out. I'm gonna forget something. Yeah, but it's been a great ride, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's, a, it's such a legacy. Um, it's it's like I said, it's a rare thing, and and it's amazing the hits and the hits. They still they still sound fresh. They still are yeah. getting played. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, we just need to come up with another one and you know, give us another ten years. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're gonna. I think that this new record still. I think it's got a lot of legs on it. I think. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I foresee that getting. I mean, even even growing. I mean, I'm looking at the track list right now. Yeah. And there's just some some great stuff. Yeah, I mean some great stuff. What a fool please can't find my way home. Mm-hmm. Come on, yeah, yeah. we play Sunset that live. Your love, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be fun to play those tunes live, right? Yeah, it is fun. It is fun, especially when people get there. They're there with you and they get it. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. we we went out one time with a, a vocalist, uh, Alex Lidgerwood. Okay. okay, great vocalist. He was mm-hmm. with Santana for a while. Right. Uh, he's uh, uh, an amazing cat, and uh, the, the people didn't get it. It was like, you know, why do you guys have a vocalist? Right. We didn't come here to hear vocals. We came here to hear you. <laughs> yeah. And it was funny because this, we thought it was going to take off. And man. they get right. that like, thing in their head. Like, it's they, amazing, they though. How, yeah. yeah, like you, you're, I was, you and I are on the same page. They, yeah. they, get, they hear it and they yeah. want it. Audiences want it the way they hear it, which is a credit yeah. to the music. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And they're, they're a really kind of a captive, I don't know what do you call it, cult <laughs> following, you know, and it's really great. It's really great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, think about like it's so fortunate to have that. Plus, I mean, global. That's mm-hmm. a thing. And with you guys, yeah. it's it truly is global, right? I tell you, you know, when I'm home, you know, I don't feel like I'm much of anything. You know, when I go mm-hmm. on the road, I f- it's like I have to change my persona. Yeah. You know? <laughs> because all of a sudden, people are coming up to me and like giving me that look, like, "Oh my God, yeah. it's Tom Schumann." I'm like, "Who's that?" Well, you know? right. and you guys are, and you're literally playing like the best, and have been playing the best festivals and the best gigs yeah. for years. It's been right? a long time, and then they get they have the LPs, and they bring every single CD, and right. then you have to sit and you know sign them all. But we do it. Yeah. Right. We do it, and we give them our time, and because without them, 
Right. Right. We got nothing. Yeah. So I think Luciano Pavarotti said that the audience is the boss. Yeah, that's exactly Mm -hmm. true. Yeah, I think so. Um, Okay, so one more time. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. And we really appreciate it. Don't turn this Oh, CAR. Daryl, you can go. He's messing up my groove. We'll hang out. Okay. You're going to edit most of this stuff out anyway. I I do have a fan-submitted question. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Because I posted on Facebook that we're going to be talking. And you're going to do the outro next because I already gave up. It's fine. That's totally fine. On Facebook Live? Oh, yeah. That's okay. So mutual friend, I think, Brian Zach, yeah. who is a fantastic drummer who used to live here in Vegas, is now in Nashville. Brian asks, uh, who played drums on the original Spyro Gyra album? It's killer. I used to practice to it when I was a kid. You mean the very first the Spyro very first, I'm assuming that's what it is. Okay, well, um, we had a guy named Tom Walsh okay. who went on to play with America. Ah, okay. He was on that record, and I uh, believe we had... Uh, Ted Reinhardt okay. was also uh, a part of the drummer team. So it wasn't uh, a single person? Was- no, it was, it was a bunch of drummers. I think Eli also kind of got in, in, you know, introduced. I'm trying to think because you know, I was so young then that uh, I was not that important on that record. <laughs> so I, I was able to come in and, and play a few things. And, but Jeremy Wall was the keyboardist. Right. Okay. You know, so he, he's the one that was the main it is because there have been a lot of players it's a little hard to like discern okay who exactly yeah. played i mean i know yeah. there's there's discography lists and stuff but. yeah and uh yeah we had a few buffalo cats who you know john duffy forns and i remember a whole bunch of guys mm. that you know got got to play with us right you know, it was mostly mm. in the clubs right but uh then jade kind of said hey well, come and play on this cut you know was that first very very first record was that like sort of re-released at some point or yeah it started out as you know cross-eyed bear records mm-hmm. okay right and it had like a, a great name for a record. it had a weird <laughs> it had like a weird uh you know dinosaur or 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 dragon you know print on the front right. and it was so you know it's a weird kind of yeah. local thing yeah and then when amherst records picked up on it mm-hmm. uh they re released it okay you know cool. with the double helix yeah that's cool. well i mean so those songs really got a chance to, to yeah, see the day of yeah. their light but, of day but that record is is jeremy wall and jay beckettstein okay those two guys were the main, main guys. their material their you know jeremy played on most of it mm-hmm. i just came in and did some mm-hmm. synth solos here and there right. and mm-hmm. I how, how, was, how old was, was jay at that point uh jay's got seven years on me so i was in let's see i was about 18 so, you know, okay, that's 20, early 20s. 25, yeah, yeah, 20s. 24, okay. 25. Cool. Jeremy went to school with him. Oh, okay. So they, they came from New York, uh, Long Island, basically, is where they All right. they grew up. Long Island. Yeah, it's, it's fun talking with Jay. I really, oh, he's, he's great. a character. Yeah. He was really fun. He's got a lot of great stories, too. <laughs> and he spent a lot of time in Germany. Well, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with his family. And it's all. great you... to go to Germany because he speaks German. Oh, I didn't know that. To, okay, to the, to awesome. The, to the audience. And uh, they, they get a big kick. Yeah, they eat that up. Yeah, he was Here's t- this he was, Jewish guy talking German. <laughs> well, he was kind of talking too about like when he went to the University of Buffalo. Right. Like there was like that was Vietnam War. Like there was the kids were rioting. It was a right. really interesting. It was an interesting time. Yeah. yeah. And and there he I met Jay when he was with uh, the the Buffalo Jazz Ensemble. Right. Yeah, we talked. Which about was him. run by a guy named Phil DeRay, mm-hmm. who is an Italian guy. Okay. And it was the very first ensemble that integrated everything everybody from from the city so right. there was a lot of black players 
Yeah. There was Jay. There was the, the Italian guys. The Jewish. Yeah, he said guys. he got there was he got some sort of a government grant for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. and we is... didn't talk about the psych center and and the the prison gigs. Oh my <laughs> God. That's right. Yeah. Okay, That's go right. ahead, go ahead, John. Okay, I know you so want to ask about that. If I can help set this, I'm reading your bio. This is I. This might have been We're on, breaking all the rules. Right? I, can't I know this is Wikipedia or where it was. It might have been on your website, but said you at 16, right? Yeah, right. You were playing gigs in. And I named a couple of prisons. I, the names escaped me. No pun intended. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was, a, it was uh, uh, um, and a psychiatric Albion, facility, Albion right? Prison, uh, Attica. Attica. And, oh, how and can Monroe, I Monroe County Jail in, wow. in Rochester, New York. How? <laughs> well, these, these, these were union gigs. You know, I, I joined the union really? when I was 16. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was Jay or, or Phil DeRay or somebody, you know, that I knew, you know, who was an established union member. You know, kind of like said, here, you guys should do these gigs, you know. And uh, I just, just showed up guys. with my Fender Rhodes. I'm, I set trying, it up. I'm just trying to imagine the conversation. <laughs> it's like the new guys in the union. Okay, here you go. Yeah. Yeah. You pay, your, this is the way you pay your But trade. I also played in different bands at that time. I wasn't just in the, the Spyro, you know, mm -hmm. infancy. I was right. in a band called The Existing Reality. Right. I was in <laughs> okay. a band called Birthright. Nice. Who had two records out. Awesome. And I was on the second one. Okay. And they did those gigs too. Okay, cool. And it was it was crazy because I mean we'd be playing to, for instance, in Monroe County Jail mm -hmm. in Rochester, you would play to the male prisoners first. Oh, okay, interesting. And then they bring in the female prisoners. <laughs> and of course, the male prisoners they're like sitting there going, like okay, whatever, press yeah, me, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know. The female prisoners was loving it because right. there was all these guys, got a bunch up there, of good, right? good looking and young they're, guys, they're like raising their shirts and showing us their breasts and stuff. And and I'm trying to like keep the changes, you know. And I'm like, holy mackerel, what's going on? That's but it was funny. great. It was it was great. Music experience. is going to be a great career. I know. I love this. You know, early going do, places. I could do this. You know. I could do five to ten here. <laughs> so it was a great experience, and and we also played the uh, psych center. Mm -hmm. So we played to a, a lot of people who you know. Right, weren't all there, and and they would start dancing, real real weird dancing yeah. and stuff. It was it was a lot of great experience in Buffalo. Was, that's cool. You know, that's that's the things we all do to pay our dues, like when we started. Yeah, and you'd right. get the check later on, you know, it was from the union, and it was like you know they take out the taxes and everything, you know. Yeah. So it was it was okay at the time. I was like making maybe two hundred and fifty dollars a week. At, you know in, what? In that was school, a lot of money. That was right? in Buffalo. That was good money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think my father was jealous because he was, he was finding hard <laughs> yeah. to get gigs like that. I know but Frankie Shinto's dad was a, was a fire was a firefighter. He made uh, three hundred dollars a month, <laughs> so you were doing pretty good, right? Wow! Yeah, yeah. years and years I, before you, of course, but still. Wow. And I had that Fender Rhodes to carry around, and yeah. you know, I had the suitcase model, and uh, you know, those are two big pieces, Ryan, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I had a, a nineteen seventy three Chevy Cavalier wagon. <laughs> oh no, no, this was the uh, the Chevy uh, Vega. Oh, okay. <laughs> God, that go. was a horrible car. But anyway, that's yeah, that, that's that's how we all, all got started playing together, you know, doing those kind of gigs. <laughs> I did five like, to ten in Attica playing keyboards. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but the most fun was at Jack Daniels. There's a place called Jack Daniels, and that's where we could really be adventurous and, and jam, like, forever. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd, we'd do things like Mr. Magic for hours, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, we even did some weather report. Okay. Covers uh, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, Jay but, actually mentioned that Joe was mm -hmm. and the weather report stuff was pretty influential. Yeah, yeah. Right. We did Elegant People. We did Birdland. We did, uh, I forget how many others, but man, that was some yeah. hard stuff to learn. Right, yeah, right. But at the end of the night, it would be like, okay, guys, it's time to get paid. And he'd line up the shots of Jack Daniels. <laughs> 
unfortunately, I owed the bar. Oh, uh, okay. Night, so. You drink your fee and that's, that's right. So that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh, I, I want to thank you guys for inviting me to do this. And uh, Oh, that's our it's pleasure. It's been great hanging with you. Let's do it again yeah. some, some other Absolutely. time. Absolutely. That'd be yeah. fun. Without yeah. these giant suppositories in front of our... <laughs> He's referencing the microphones, just just for <laughs> or is just so he? people know. Or is he? Or is he? Yeah, that's true. We'll just leave it to your imagination. This is audio after it's all. Too much fun, man. Yeah. Too much fun. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much, and uh, we'll make, we'll make sure that uh, we get all your website and all your because you have your own personal website, which is yes. actually what jazzbridge.com. J a z z b r i d g e dot com. Awesome. Yeah. And you actually have Tom Schumann. That's know. that's from my my friend in Germany who who decided to make me a uh, okay a fan it's site. A fan site. That's yeah. interesting because I read that today. I was on there today and I was like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> yes, so. yes, he's okay. a great guy. Um, and if you go to tomschumann.de, I believe right there's a German version and there's a uh, English version. Okay. So, you know, you can, he, 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 he does a great job. Yeah. That's awesome. His name is uh, Kai Brucker. Yeah. Okay. B R U C H with the umlaut over at E R. Okay. Kai Brucker. And uh, and everybody laughs when they say it because it's, it's like that. Uh, are you it, thinking? Are you yeah, that, Frankenstein? Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's Blucher. I can't tell you how happy I am. We got that reference. <laughs> this has yeah. made my week. This is yeah. great. So, That's the gold. Thanks That's to Kai. Gold. Thanks to Kai for the, the, the website. Awesome. And, uh, he's still in it. He just emailed me today because he found out that my wife had been ill for a little while. So she's doing better right mm-hmm. now. But uh, a lot of people respond to that. And yeah. It's been great. I'm trying to keep my uh, my website, my, my cyber presence going and uh, mm-hmm. the social media thing. Yeah. I still don't get Snapchat. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many, right? Instagram. It's hard to know. keep up with all that stuff. My, you need a 13-year-old kid. My that, niece just turned 14. Yeah. She knows it. Oh, if you need a coach, right. there you go. I will right. put yeah. you in touch. Well, She's that's what my, my my uh, granddaughter, Sarah, is the one that got me on Instagram. There you go. You know, so I was like, okay, what do I do with this? You know? <laughs> right, right. I'm here. What can I do with what? this that I don't do on Facebook? It's the new world. You know? right. It's like a whole cool. different world out there. It's a really <laughs> different world now. Awesome. And, I'm trying to fit in. Well, we'll get. We'll make sure ah. we get um, all that stuff when we post. And uh, right, thank you so much again. That does it for this week. Join us again soon for another edition of the Groove Coast. And thanks for listening. And remember, life doesn't have to be serious. It just has to be groovy. <laughs> <laughs>